1: Well, welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And And today, Doreen Virtue is going to join me, and together we're going to have a conversation about Todd White and why uh, we think that you should mark and avoid him. And not only are we going to talk about you know Todd's theology, but we're going to talk about Todd's practice, the practice of his ministry as he's out ministering to people. And it's not only just his teaching, his preaching that is a problem, it's also his practice. As we talk about on this show, often our doctrine is to come from God's Word, it's to be rooted firmly in the authoritative and sufficient Word of God, and our theology is to be grounded in uh, not only the Scripture, but also in the sound doctrine coming from uh, church history, and that works itself out in our lives, into the practice of how we're going to minister to people. And not only just how we're going to minister to people, but how we're going to live out and work out our Christian life. And so in this episode, you're going to see us not only talk about theology and root it firmly in uh, the, the Scripture and in good uh, theology coming from the church, but also exposing his practice and then um, telling you very clearly why you should mark and avoid him, so I hope this episode will be helpful for your life and godliness and here uh here now is Doreen to join me on this uh, episode of Equipping grace
2: when I was first newly saved, and it was only by God's mercy that I had been, and I still am in a discernment group on Facebook that really goes into comparing what these teachers say to the bible and and early in my sanctification, they had shown me that Todd White is not teaching biblical truth and that even more, he hangs out with uh, false teachers. So I've stayed away from Todd White since the beginning, but I know a lot of people are seduced by him and his uh, leg lengthening shtick on the street.
3: Jesus name, left leg, I command you grow right now, Jesus name, did you feel? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Come on. Jesus is amazing. He loves you so much.
2: And he also one note I just want to say is uh, he reminds me so much of the mind, body, spirit festival teachers that I toured with for over 20 years because he uses new age meditation, trance inducing music when he's doing his so-called prayers.
4: And the one young man looked at me and he said, hi. Hi. I'm impressed. And I said, why is that? He goes, because the same man I see on the internet is the man here. He said, you actually waited. I said, I'm glad you didn't leave. <laughs> oh Jesus, I might be able to love you more. <clears throat> By this they'll know that you're my disciples. Because of your love for one another. We can't love one another unless we love ourself. And you can't love yourself unless you love God. And a dance on a Sunday night is amazing. But a prayer on a Monday morning early before the crack of dawn is equally as amazing.
2: and on stage, and I call them so-called because they're not rooted in scripture. They're uh, elevating man and and not God. We're told to glorify God, that's our purpose. And with Todd White, it's all about me. It's all about how God values me. And he also teaches a absolute unbiblical teaching that we're going to talk about today called Sinless Perfectionism. That he has twisted scripture, and I mean, it's so clear in scripture that if anyone says he's sinless, he's a liar. But Todd White keeps insisting that he has not sinned, and I pray that he, that he'll watch this and repent. And um, you know, it's not easy to tell the whole world you're wrong, like I've had to do. But this is an instant where Todd White is wrong. He's not sinless. The only sinless person who's ever walked on this earth is Jesus Christ, who died for us, who died for the sin of Lying of um, teaching wrongly, of heresy, of idolatry, and so we don't want to be engaged in anything that our Lord and Savior died for. So, Mm -hmm. to join me today to really break this down as to what the problem is with Todd White's teachings, is our brother in Christ, Dave Jenkins, the executive administrator for Servants of Grace. You've seen him before on this channel, and I do recommend his social media and his channel, his podcast, the links are in the description below. So brother Dave, thank you again for being with us today. I know that you're gonna do this with with grace and you're very charitable and generous more than I would be when talking about false teachers. But I know you're gonna tell us the biblical truth about why we should mark and avoid Todd White.
1: Yes, it's, it's great to be here as always sister. I so appreciate and recommend your channel to everyone. And hear about it all the time, and how the Lord is using you. And I just I am overjoyed and thankful for that. So, thank you for having me again. We are going to talk about Todd White. He is a, a teacher. Um, uh, we won't say of God's word, uh, but he does teach. He doesn't teach good stuff. I do want to. I do want to say at, at the outset. Um, Doreen said I am charitable, so I am going to be charitable. Uh, he is. He does speak well. This is why, you know, he is attractive to people. People are attracted to people who can, who can speak well. You know, they have good speech. Now, the, the substance, though, of what Todd White says and his theology, his doctrine is poison. Now, you might be thinking, well, how, how poisonous is it? it? It actually is deadly poison. When we, when we talk about doctrine, we're talking about teaching that comes from God's word. And we're talking about that we believe God's word, that we take him, that we take God at his word and we teach then according to scripture. Now, now James 3.1 tells us very clearly that teachers will be held to a stricter account, myself included, um, as as somebody who does pulpit supply uh, and writes books. I'm going to be held to account for what uh, for my teaching, for my doctrine and for my life. And you know what? Todd is going to be held accountable. Um, as we're going to see today, the, the, and the, I want to say this at the outset, the Bible's strongest language, when you read the prophets, for example, the, the strongest language in the Bible is directed at people who lead people away from the Lord Jesus and from the Bible. And they teach contrary to what the Bible says. That's why the Bible tells us that they are false teachers. They're They're false prophets. They weren't sent from God uh, because those who are sent from God, they, they teach according to what God says. Uh, God has spoken in the 66 books of the word of God. Todd's White's teaching, as we're about to see here, is not biblical. Um, at piratechristian.com, uh, they, they reached out to Todd He to talk about his claims about the sinless Christian. And this is going to be on your screen. This interaction will be on your screen. Uh, They asked Todd, are you, Todd, are you sinless? Uh, And then he quotes from Hebrews 4. uh, He says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are and yet without sin. And then Todd says, I am sinless. And then there's the pirate Christian radio guy puts exclamation point. And Todd says, you can also be sinless. If your mind and spirit is working according to God's plan, I really appreciate Pirate Christian Radio citing First uh, John one eight through ten, verse eight specifically. They they says if if you claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in you. And they say the Bible says the truth is not um, in you. And then they block them. Uh, now there's a there's actually a clip uh, by popular gospel called. Does Todd White claim to be sinless? Uh, you can hear it in your in your own words, you will hear just now. Uh, the video has responses to Todd White's statements uh, from John MacArthur and Paul Washer. I think this is important because Dr. MacArthur, I mean, my goodness, 53 years of faithful ministry. Uh Paul Washer, uh extremely good Bible preacher. So don't just take Dave. What I, I want you to hear this because it's not just what I'm gonna just expound here now. Uh, that that's important it's, it's also other people are saying this they're saying hey this guy is not teaching according to the bible and so you got to mark and and
0: avoid it now when you see a christian calls himself a christian or herself and they appear to be very content with where they are spiritually And they want to make sure you know how really holy they are and how pious they are. That is not to indicate to you that indeed they are holy, but rather indeed they don't understand the word of God.
3: He came and gave me this blank canvas. He came and gave me this pure heart and I've never violated it with anything. Because I love Jesus. My hands are clean. My heart is pure. I love him with all my heart. I'm going to stand before him and he's going to say, well done. What's he going to say when you stand before him? You can actually have the word so strong inside of your heart that you never have to slip. People are like, well that's false, that's not true. Well, you're wrong. I live with me. So for 13 years, I've been free from that. I've never looked lustily with lust at a woman, ever. I live with me. My kids will tell you that I'm a man of God. I'm a father. Because God doesn't say he wants you 97% pure. I mean, was Jesus 97% pure?
0: That is evidence not of their holiness, but an evidence of their ignorance of God's holy law.
3: If you wake up in love with Jesus, if you go to sleep in love with Jesus, if you wake up in the middle of the night in love with Jesus, you will fulfill the first command. The first commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind.
0: There has never been a human being on this planet Of all the thousands of years of humanity, of all the billions of people who have walked this earth, there has never been, of all that mass, not one person who for one fraction of a second loved the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. For the better we understand the infinite perfection of God's holy law, the better we will understand our own imperfection. True? I'm not
3: holier than thou.
0: I just love Jesus 24-7. Um,
1: 1 John 1.8 says this. It's going to come up on your screen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So notice what it says. We deceive ourselves when we say that we are sinless. So actually, Todd White is, uh, we can say from this verse, Todd White is deceived. That's what John is saying. Todd claims that the Christian can be sinless. but it, it, there, the answer to that is First John one nine, which says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness." And then John does something else. He, he doesn't just stop at confessing our sin. He puts us back to Christ. In First John two one through two, it, it says that Jesus is our is our advocate, and so we have one who pleads our case. He he is uh, Jesus is utterly utterly sinless. In fact. Uh, the sinlessness of Christ, it's, it's, it's so all over the Bible. Uh, I mean, really, I could sit up here and preach a sermon, and we would be, you would be here for 45 minutes to an hour, just, just me talking about the sinlessness of Christ, and then the, the high priestly ministry of Christ, and you probably would find that very helpful. Uh, Job 15, 6, Declare that man is abominable and corrupt. One who drinks injustice like the water. Solomon acknowledged in First Kings eight forty six. There's no one who does not sin. We already read from First John one eight uh, and ten. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and make him a liar. And the Apostle Paul says this in Romans three ten. None is righteous, no, not one. And so when the Son of God took to Himself a human nature. A sinless man entered into time and space, our time, our space. And the Bible makes it clear. Unlike what Todd White says about man being sinless, the, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 7.26 in the NASB says uh, that he was holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners. Second uh, Corinthians 5.21, among other things, says that Jesus is without sin. At the announcement of his birth, an angel called him the holy one who is to be born pilate told uh, her husband in luke 23:47 have nothing to do with this just man pilate said to then said i find no fault in him and so even pilate recognized that jesus is sinless and, and have nothing to his wife said have nothing to do with him the centurion at the foot of the cross said Uh, Certainly this was a righteous man. Even the demons recognized that Jesus was the Holy One of God in Luke 4.34. So the the scripture is replete uh, again and again in both the Old Testament and the New Testament that Jesus is sinless. In fact, this is the very reason for the incarnation. Uh, The the very reason that Jesus came to die was he came to pay the penalty in our place. And for our sin. And the reason that, that the sacrifice was accepted by God the Father was because Jesus was sinless, because God is holy and he can't, he, can't, he, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't approve of, of our sin. That's why he sent forth God the Son, Jesus, to die in our place and for our sin. So our redemption, I'm saying, rests on the sinless life. And substitutionary death, that is that Jesus paid the penalty in our place and for our sin. And so we as sinners, we need by nature and by choice. That means that we're born sinners. From the moment we are born, we are sinners. And the moment that we come out of the moment, we are sinners. And then we sin by our own choice. So we're sinners by nature and by choice. And so we need the rescue that only Christ can provide. And we see this rescue uh, from Genesis three fifteen on, God is working out His salvation to send the one who would crush the head of the serpent, and that one is Christ alone. And so, Todd White, he he errs uh, on this. He is he he is going against not just what the Bible says; he's going against what the church has taught. And I mean, there's so many examples of this. What I talked about. The uh, when I talked about the incarnation, I mean, you go to Anselm of Canterbury in about a thousand A.D. You can go to Augustine. You can go to, I mean, even even right, pretty much uh, Irenaeus. You can go to uh, all the church fathers, and you can and you can very clearly see that what Todd White says not only doesn't cohere with what the what the what the Bible says, it doesn't cohere with what the church has said. And we see this, by the way, uh, if you're really a nerd and you like history. Uh, you could go study the Council of Nicaea and the Council of Chalcedon, where these two doctrines—the Jesus being fully God, fully man—were fully affirmed, including the sinless life and uh, all all of that of Christ. But it's it's not even that he errs on the sinlessness of Christ. What it what it does is it actually diminishes uh, the offices of Christ that Christ has as as our as our high priest. He he, it, it totally obliterates passages like Hebrews 2, 17 through 18, uh, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, and 1 John 2, 1 through 2, which I which I mentioned. Hebrews uh, two seventeen 17 through 18 says, Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when when tempted he is able to help those who are being tempted so again todd white takes this verse and he minimizes it he he denies it he obliterates it saying that somehow we are to be uh sinless because th- that this just you just no <laughs> just no that's not what this is about uh in, in fact um You know, that this is why we have to understand not only what the Bible has said, but also what the church has taught about this. And and the church has made it very clear. He he is he is unlike us. Uh, We are sinners in need of -hmm. rescue. And so Christ has come and Christ has paid this penalty. And even now, he this passage is so very inviting. Uh, it, It invites us to take our struggles, to take our pains to the one who suffered, as I explained earlier, um, and then he's actually able to help us, um, but Todd Todd doesn't Todd undercuts the help that that we have through Christ, our High Priest. Um, you know, I, he I
2: wonder ma- if he, if he just doesn't understand the dynamics of sanctification. Um, I'm I'm being generous now because of course we're not saved by our good works. We're saved by Jesus, His work on the cross, through our faith, through God's mercy and grace. So no all of our works are like filthy rags as isaiah said and and yet when we're saved we want to obey god because we're given a new heart and a new life we want to obey god and i wonder if he's kind of twisted that part that he thinks that we're supposed to work toward uh, perfectionism because we are supposed to be molded like christ i mean peter talks about that a lot in his letters But that doesn't mean that it's achievable. If we go to Romans 3, especially Romans 3, 23, and Paul talks about his own struggles with the thorn in his side and his temptations, that we are all continuously sinning. It's just a different outlook because we have the Holy Spirit within us who convicts us of our sin. So we don't enjoy it anymore. And unless we've got a hardened heart, which once we're saved, we'll have the Holy Spirit convicting us, and so it's a, a continual state of repentance for us in sanctification, not uh, thinking we can achieve sinless perfection. Which must put a, it's that's almost like the Pharisees putting the man-made burden on the Jews, and Jesus calling them out that they were straining at gnats and swallowing camels, um, because this is just. And it's just too much of a burden to put on people to think it's achievable. and it's it's deceitful for Todd to say that he's achieved this. That's impossible because you're going to have hateful, angry thoughts that come up. Some people have lustful thoughts that come up. Um, you're you know, you're just going to have sinful thoughts, if if not sinful behaviors that come up and And the Bible has given us an avenue for dealing with that through repentance,
1: yeah, that's really good. You know, and and I mean, we shouldn't be surprised about this because even I think it was in the last couple of years or so. He he's even come out and you know said that he likes Charles Spurgeon now and is reading them and is learning and discovering these things for the you know the first time. It's like if you're if you're just reading and discovering those things for the first time, uh, you, you need to sit down and yeah. you need to to learn those things. It's like if 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 I can't explain that Jesus is the only way to God, and that it, the way is exclusive and restricted, um, I have no bit that that's Christianity one hundred and one. That's John fourteen six. Uh, that's Acts uh, four twelve. Uh, I have no business getting up and doing pulpit play. I I have no business um, engaging in any real kind of ministry. I need to be sitting down under the ministry of the word. I need to be in discipleship uh, myself one-on-one. I need to be reading good books and feeding and learning and growing. And and there's nothing wrong with that. That, That's actually humility. That's what Paul did. Yeah. And that's humility. That shows um, an actual intellectual honesty. Um, The opposite of that is intellectual dishonesty, where you're just... You're learning. Now, now, there is a sense in which we all are learning as we go. We're, we're learning and we're growing. But but there's a difference between learning and, and developing our, uh, our growth versus and then being able to teach versus as we're teaching, we are learning even the most essential core doctrines. And that's what Todd is saying. He is saying, I am learning the most, the basic Christianity for the first time. And that's where I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's, let's just stop here. What you're saying about the Christian being sinless, it's, it's not only wrong, this is Christianity 101. This is like, like there's, I I probably learned this, you know, since I was saved at five, I probably learned it right around that time, you know, right, right when I was first saved and, um, or maybe a little bit before and i've i've continued to grow in my understanding of this i've continued to you know mature in my understanding of this but there's a difference between just learning it for the first time and then maturing in your understanding of a doctor we're we're always should be maturing and growing in our understanding and our ability to communicate uh, that's a lifelong thing but but just learning for the first time those essential doctrines. No, you should not be teaching, you should not be teaching anybody. You should be sitting down and and learning because what you're doing is you're undercutting the whole ministry of Christ uh to sinners. You're saying that Jesus isn't a sufficient savior. Um because but and he is a sufficient savior and, and we can pour out our hearts to him. Uh that's what Hebrews 4 14 through 16 tells us we can come to this throne of of grace because uh, Christ has accomplished in his death and resurrection in our place and for our sin. Uh, so we can go to our high priest who knows us. Um, he's not like us. He's sinless. Uh, we're sinners. And so we need to come to this throne. Uh, uh, Martin Luther had a phrase, symbol justice al pector, at the simultaneously saint and sinner. That means that even as Christians, we have what we call indwelling or remaining sin, and that means that we have to keep repenting, as you said, of our of our sin. So none of us is sinless. None of all of us, uh, we have a new identity in Christ, and we're growing in that. Um, and we're repenting of our sin. We're doing life with other people in the community of faith. So no, Todd, Todd errs on this, and 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 it's a critical, essential doctrine. Um, first Corinthians 15, one through eight makes it very clear what the gospel is and. Uh, you know, you, you cannot undercut a a gospel doctrine that defines and gives shapes to the doctrine. You, you can't even you. Can, I'll even go. You can't even call yourself a Christian if you undermine uh, something that the the Bible defines as essential to what the gospel is. Uh, and
2: and even so, I mean, just take a look at Todd White's hair, and that is sin against first Corinthians eleven fourteen 14, that says, does not nature itself lead you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him. And so just looking at him, he needs to cut his hair. He needs to cut those dreadlocks off and be in compliance with God's word and repent for it.
1: Yeah. That's really good. So I have, some, I have some clips of Todd and those will play. You
0: know, people say that you know, I've went to the elders, the elders laid hands on me. Uh, I didn't receive healing. I've tracked Todd White down. I've come to your meetings. I've had you pray for me. I went to uh, Bill Johnson's meetings. I went to this meeting or that meeting and everybody, everybody's prayed for me and I haven't received it. I, I get it. Um, my question is, if Jesus prayed for you, would you be healed? And the answer is yes. So the Bible says, you know, in Hebrews it says we haven't yet, it says that God has put all things under our feet, but we haven't yet seen all things put under our feet, but we see Jesus. So the will of God is always for healing 100% every time. God wants everybody healed 100% minus none. He has paid the price for everybody to be healed. So we as the body of Christ enforce that victory and pray for people um, and for healing. I'm not seeing 100% of people healed. Does the Bible say that we should? Absolutely, it says these signs will follow them that believe. Healing is a big deal. I want to see everybody healed every time. Jesus saw everybody healed every time. So what does it mean to press in? Like, let's say that you've been prayed for all these times and it hasn't happened. I would tell you to set your mind on the very fact of all the promises of God about healing, knowing that Jesus is the will of God. Never settle for anything less. Realize that this is a fight of faith and you're going after this thing with everything that you are. The Bible gives lots of lots of scriptures about healing. And healing is always the children's bread. It's always for people that are children of God. It's even for people that don't know their children yet. So it's pretty amazing. Um, pressing in means that, for me personally, like I've torn my shoulder. I remember tearing my knee um, one time, and and man, I had all these people pray for me, and it's not getting healed, and I preach healing and talk about it all the time. So it kind of looks funny that I've got a knee brace on, walk around in crutches and, and all that, and. Uh, crazy. So pressing in, pressing in, pressing in. And then one day um, I called up my buddy Dan Moeller and I said, hey, you know, and, and he had just prayed for me. And I said, man, this is so crazy. I'm like teaching healing, preaching healing, and I'm not healed. He said, Todd, just hang up the phone and worship Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, man, I get it. So I did. I said, God, I can't even kneel before you. And I really want to. And he said, kneel. And so that day I actually knelt down And my knee was healed. It was crazy, awesome, crazy, awesome. So, in my press in, it's always making sure that I stay focused on the truth of that. Everybody that Jesus prayed for was healed. The will of God is always the life of Jesus. He only came down to do the will of the Father in heaven. The will of the Father who sent Him only came to do the will of God. Every time He was the walking, talking, eating, sleeping breathing manifesting the will of God in every situation so always know that it is God's will always press into the truth never allow a mindset to come in that maybe God doesn't want to heal you because of this or because of that so please don't believe the lie stay focused on the price that Jesus prayed paid for you he says that having believed unto righteousness dashed by his stripes you are healed it's really important to know that it's constantly for today that it's constantly for you
1: he, he says on, on this clip, he says that Jesus, he says a lot of things, so I'm only going to focus on a few. But he says that Jesus prayed for you that you'll be healed. And he also says to set our minds on the promises of God about healing and never, ever settle for less than your healing. Now, again, I just have to
2: say, ew. And, and that's that's the Christian Science heresy that I grew up with that is that says that God's will is always for everyone to be healed. When Paul talked about that in second Corinthians that the the struggles he went through were were designed to bring him closer to God. And Jesus said that with, you know what happened with this man that he was born blind? Well, sometimes it's to glorify God. God will allow these things to happen. So to insist that God always wills for us to be healed is unbiblical.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's it's interesting that 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 teachers like Todd they they claim, oh, just come to me, come forward, and and you'll be healed, and it's quote unquote the will of God. But I have to say, where is that text in the Bible right. that says then that it's the will of God to be healed? I mm-hmm. I say that. To emphasize that in First Thessalonians four, three through seven, it says the speaking about the will of God. It'll come up on your screen. Uh, notice what it says right at the outset: "For this is the will of God, your sanctification." Whoa! Wait a minute. So, where do we see? Where does it say there? Because it doesn't. But where does it say we need to ask the question? Where does it say that that? The prop for the will of God is for your healing. It says, for Paul says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is becoming who you were meant to be because of the finished and sufficient work of Christ alone. And, And you're supposed to grow in this through. You know, ongoing repentance and availing yourselves of the means of grace and life and community with other Christians and reading the Bible, you know, personally and corporately with the church and so on and so forth. But it doesn't say that, and so you can't make the see when you make a claim, you have to be able to support that claim. That's that's one of the principles of argumentation that you learn in any kind of class on rhetoric or logic or any kind of thing. That's like at basic thing uh todd's rhetoric his argumentation is is flawed because it's not grounded in the text it's not grounded is, in the text
2: yeah this is where false teachers are banking on people not knowing their bible and as you said todd is very charismatic and charming i don't think so but a lot of people do and they fall for that um that salesman who's just making it up as he's going along. And maybe mixing in some bible verses but then not exegeting them in fact i see a lot of eisegesis with todd white
1: yeah he also says in the in the video just to use that too he says that it's a promise of god right but paul says about the promises of god in second corinthians 1 20, which will come up on your screen for all the promises of god find their yes in him that that is why through him that we utter our amen to god for his glory, uh, Titus 1-2 tells us that we have a God who never lies. Uh, we have a God who is consistent with his revealed character in the scriptures. But, but Todd's, Todd's version of God is, it, it, it would make God a liar, and that, that he's not consistent with his promises. So, so we have a God of his own making uh, in this uh, that cl- makes a claim that is not in the Bible it's not in the bible as we as we just saw one example instead paul says that the promises of god find their fulfillments in the scriptures because the scriptures testify of christ they testify of christ from genesis to revelation and everywhere in between they find their completion in christ and so this is this is tragic like you said it's tragic that people are deceived it, it's tragic that that people would follow these teachers mm-hmm. like paul commends the bereans in act 17 11 to to be discerning and he commends them for searching the scriptures to see if these things are so and then in in uh first thessalonians 2 i believe it's 13 uh, they received the word with gladness because they were searching they were searching the scriptures and they took it to heart because they searched the scriptures to see if what they were saying and this is what The opposite of what Todd does, he doesn't search the scriptures to teach people the scriptures, to expound to them. In in Luke 24, 27, Jesus actually expounds the scriptures to those disciples on the road to Emmaus. We get the word hermeneutics from this word, the art and science of biblical interpretation. And what Todd White does is he doesn't engage in any kind of hermeneutic. He has his own hermeneutic, which... With that, with him as the center. And when you have self at the center, you're always going to get the wrong meaning. You're going to and you're going to preach the wrong message because you don't believe the Bible. Mm-hmm. And and the interesting thing on his website, he says that he believes in the Bible. In fact, we we could probably say amen to most of the statement of faith on the Bible.
2: A lot of so these faith. false teachers and false churches do that. And it's it's they, the more they cover themselves like that.
1: The, the Mormons do it. The Jehovah's Witnesses do it. Except the Jehovah's Witnesses are a bit more explicit about what they believe. But I mean, you can dig into it and you find in practice actually you don't believe the Bible. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, yeah, the the promises of God are true, and we have a God who doesn't lie and who has revealed Himself in the scriptures. And so, yeah, Todd, Todd, you're you're a false teacher. You need to repent.
2: Amen. Yeah. When I was in the new age, I was convinced I was a Christian. I would tell people I was a Christian. I would pray the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God. I would add Archangel Michael in there, which is unbiblical. And I I really believed it. And yet I was teaching unbiblical teachings. And there is a lot of new age teachers doing the same things, twisting scripture, like saying that Jesus is telling you, he'll give you abundance money if you ask and it is given knock and the door shall be open twisting scripture for selfish reasons and so it's not surprising that when we move out of that specific new age teachers that we find false teachers as the book of jude and almost all of the new testament i think only one of the books of the new testament did not call out a false teacher including jesus himself called out false teachers so this is not something that's unbiblical for us to be doing this and We know Matthew 18 talks about specifically in church discipline. If someone's in your congregation to go to them privately, Uh, this is a public figure. And so this is something that Jesus modeled, the apostles modeled going after them. And just because someone holds a Bible or quotes from scripture or says they're a Christian, you've got to, as Dave said, be like the Bereans acts 1711 and compare what they're saying to scripture. That includes the books too. Like Jesus calling is the worst And it doesn't matter that Sarah Young put little, you know, names of scripture. She doesn't actually put the verse there. So you won't compare what she's saying. So Todd White is is calling himself a Christian. He might think he is like I used to. And, And we pray that he'll continue to be in God's word and Charles Spurgeon, who's solid. Love his work. Dave and I have his books. We recommend them. There's a lot of solid teachers out there. If you need recommendations, take a look at who Dave is is interviewing on his podcasts. And he's got books himself that Dave's written and that his guests have written. So there's no need to be entertained by these um, worldly false teachers who seem to make you feel good, who promise you that you'll get rich and have your soulmate and find your purpose. When you won't under their false teaching, you won't only the teachers get rich by selling tickets and books to learn how to get rich. And the Bible doesn't promise us that. Jesus never said that being a Christian is an easy life. He said the opposite, to deny ourselves and pick up our cross. And whoever loves his life will lose it. So know your word. I mean, it's really like that old saying, buyer beware, you've got to, you've got to be guarded and be in the word to recognize if it's a false teacher or not.
1: So I, we've talked about, just to be clear, we've talked about Todd's claim about the sentences of Christ. We've talked about, uh, you know, Todd's uh, thoughts on healing and how it's the will of God, and we've debunked that. But I thought that it would be helpful then to take it the next step, because here's where we don't do a good job in, in probably teaching today in the church. It is, here's an example of the theology that he's teaching in practice. And it's in the practice that is most alarming. Uh, And we should always pay attention, always pay attention to the practice, you know, not just the doctrine, but the sound doctrine leads to I call it sound living. It leads to a sound practice. Todd's practice of praying for people. uh, Oh, my goodness. It's.
2: One of
3: the questions that I hear asked a lot is like how do you know who to pray for? I mean you're in a mall or you're in this place or you're in that place and how do you know who to pray for? The easiest thing to do is to get up in the morning every day and say Lord God, I don't want to see people through my eyes. I want to see them through your eyes. I want to see people through the heart of heaven. We're in New York City, the city that never sleeps. And we're down here filming in Times Square. It's such a fast life people need the love of God, so I'm just so thankful that we're here. There's knee. No, the Ankle? In your foot? Yeah, in the foot. And we saw a kid with, with crutches and actually prayed for his ankle. Where's your pain at? Point to where it is. Right here? Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Ankle, we command you be healed in Jesus' name right now. Move it. Stand on it, man. Stand on. Come on, man. Give me your crutches. I ain't gonna steal them. Jump. Come on,
0: man.
3: Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people started coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up. We had so many encounters. Okay, let me see your feet. That's like two inches. That's way short. Jesus' name. Left leg, I command you grow right now. Jesus' name. Yeah. Did you feel?
4: Yeah.
3: It's good? Yes. Yeah, come on. Jesus is amazing. He loves you so much. (laughs) Father, I thank you that you love Bridget so much, God, that you would make her wrist completely whole right now. Every ligament, every tendon, every cartilage, I command you be made whole in Jesus' name. Come on, let me see it again. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be gone. Come on, this is real. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you love her so much, God. Check it again; should be done. Come on. That's the gospel. I'm, a drug addict. I'm addicted to coke. Okay. I lost my wife, my three kids, and I want God to help me get back to my family. Come on, man. You put your hand on his shoulder. Addiction, I curse you and command you. Let him go. Say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I give you everything. I give you everything. I want my family back. I want my family back. But I need you most. But I need you most. And I invite you. And I invite you. Right now. Right now. To come in. To come in. And dominate my heart. And dominate my heart. And transform my life. And transform my life. I submit. I submit. And give up. And give up. Right now. Right now. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Wash me. Wash me. And wipe me clean. Wipe me clean. Father, I thank you in Jesus name, God. You heard his heart. Addiction, I curse you and command you get out. Get out, you're a violation of everything good. I command you let him go in Jesus name. God I thank you for favor in Jesus name. Thank you, Papa. Thank you so much. Oof. How far are we away from Times Square? Away, oh, far away from Times Square and the kid goes, "Hey. Can, hey, can you hear my shoulder? My arm hurts. And so we're like, let's get him. I don't even know what was going on. I'm like, man, God, did you just send him? Were you in the Times Square? Is that where you were? Did you see him freak out, man? Here he came up and had a problem with his shoulder. He broke his collarbone. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, God, in Jesus' name, that right now his shoulder would be completely healed, that his collarbone would be healed. What are you feeling there? Is it loosening? Yeah. (laughs) It's good. Raise it up, man. What's up man, what's up? Bring it around man, do everything you couldn't do. I guarantee it's done. And then God gave me a word of knowledge about the other kid that was with him about migraines. I cancel you and command you let him go, in Jesus' name. You feel that? Yeah. Is that funky? Is it tingly in your head? Yeah. Come on God, more. In Jesus' name, more. man. Oh, man. So I've prayed from the beginning, God, give me your heart, give me your eyes. I want to see people through their creative value, who you created them to be, because they might not know it yet. So God, I'm asking you for your heart so I, can, so I can just approach them with your heart. So you can just approach somebody with love. And it's just as important if you tell somebody that God loves them and they're amazing as it is, if you pray for them, they get out of a wheelchair. Both are equally important in heaven. So I don't always know like who to approach. I just go through my day and I touch as many as I can in the time that I have.
1: In the video, he prays, name it, and as you'll have just seen, uh, in the video, he he prays, name it, claim it prayers, but nowhere, and I mean nowhere in the New Testament, do we see Jesus or the apostles praying, name it, and claim it prayers, as in you will get what you pray for because, oh, right, I just believe it. I'm just going to claim it. It's just my, nowhere, and I mean nowhere. In, in Acts, in the Epistles, nowhere do we see that. Uh, but we, in the in the Gospels, we do those see Jesus performing miracles. He does heal people, and these healings they open the door for him to share more about himself, or, or he'll ask a question like he does with the woman at the well in John four. Uh, he he says, "You've had five husbands, right?" Uh, and then the woman is more interested and recognizes, "Hey, hey, who are you, guy? You know, he's." He's uh, this woman is very interested. And then and then, you know, she recognizes that this is the Christ. And then she goes to his village and brings people back to Jesus because she herself has believed in in Jesus. And, and we, we today we have scripture and what scripture says. So we don't need to go outside the Bible. We don't need to name it and claim it. Uh, not only it's not only what we teach that should be uh, grounded in the sound doctrine of the Bible, but also our practice our practice. Today, God works through scripture. And, and as I mentioned, the Holy Spirit uses uh, scripture to point us to Christ. So we don't need any additional revelation. We don't need to name it and claim it. Uh, we need to believe what the Bible says, and we need to take it to heart, and then we need to obey it by the grace of God through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's also probably important to say that the primary mur- purpose of miracles was never to point people to you know the the Sadducees the, the or the Pharisees. It was to point people to Christ and to the reality that He is fully God and fully man. You read you read um, the book of Signs, which is John five through twelve in John's Gospel, and, and this is why this is why the religious leaders of the day they refuse to accept Christ. They refuse to believe Him not not only because of his miracles, because of His teaching. Um, when Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount at the very end of Matthew uh, seven twenty six, 26, um, it very clearly states that the, that the people recognized Jesus as teaching as one with authority. Um, R.C. Sproul, uh, you know, I, I love R.C. Um, he's, he's a great Bible teacher, theologian. If you've never read his works, highly recommend it. He says that a miracle, properly speaking, is an extraordinary work performed by the immediate power of God in the external, perceivable world, which is an act against nature that only God can do. Now, in the video, what Todd does just to just to go back to that real quick, in the video, he he puts his hand on people. And he puts his hand on the specific spot a person a person, and then he prays and commands that uh, that thing that that illness that. Or pain or whatever to, to go away. Um, you know, I just want to, I want to be clear about this. There's nothing wrong with, uh, putting your hands and praying for somebody, uh, you know, on your, on their arm or anything like that. Um, it shows compassion It shows care, but the it's the theology that he's praying. Uh, Dr. Horton told me that, one time that in, a, in an interview that I interviewed him, Dr. Michael Horton is the uh, founder, the 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 ex, uh, president of Modern Reformation and uh, White Horse Inn, very, another very good program. But he, but he told me that um, he would have he would have his seminary students pray, and it and it would reveal their theology, and and he became very concerned about their theology about their practice of praying because you know, he's training future pastors to pray. And so the theology that Todd prays is absolutely poisonous. Uh, it's, it's disgusting, um, to, be, to be clear. It's blasphemous to name it and claim it. But it, because it doesn't, it doesn't testify of Christ. It doesn't point people to Christ. Instead, it's, it points people to Todd. Hey, look at what I did. Look at what, look at what I'm doing. Instead of look at what Christ is doing in and through me, and so we point away to people. We give all glory to God for, because it's God working in us to do it in the first place. And it's God's work through us. So at no point is it, is it about us. Uh, one of my mentors uh, says that uh, yes, he passed, but he, he would say ministry is a privilege. And what he, he's highlighting is just this. It's a privilege to be in the Lord's work and to, to do the Lord's work. And we're to do it in the, in the Lord's way. And that is according to the word of God, not according to what we want or what we think or what we feel or anything of the like, like Todd did. Instead, we have sound doctrine and we minister that sound doctrine in a manner that is consistent not only with the Bible, what we teach them, but also how we minister to them. And the Bible is very concerned not only with that we teach sound doctrine, but also that we minister sound doctrine in a manner that is consistent with the Bible. And God uses that. That's why in in Second Timothy two twenty five, and or excuse me, 2 Timothy two twenty four, we're to correct opponents with gentleness. What is gentleness? Well, gentleness, Paul says in Galatians five twenty two through twenty three, it's a fruit of the Spirit. What? What? How important are the fruit? So the Spirit. Uh, what is the Holy Spirit doing in the life of the Christian? He's pointing them to Christ, so they can repent of their sin. So that they can display the fruits of the spirit. Uh, are there, we need to ask the question, are there fruits of the spirit displayed in in Todd's ministry? And unfortunately, I would say no, because when the, the, the spirit doesn't make a show of himself, he doesn't point to self, he points to Christ. And that's all that we're to do, whether you're preaching or teaching or podcasting or writing or all of it to teach people the truth from god's word we're to point people to christ and whether they whether they remember us 150 years ago or 200 years ago or 200 years later or a thousand or whatever years later who cares you know to be god be the glory you know, let us just preach christ and as one writer said die and and our reward is with christ and it's not with us and so uh, this this idea that naming and claim it theology. is is is, it's an abomination it's it's heresy um we can we can say so much about uh this but miracles were given to confirm messages from God and so we have to ask uh where was Todd White during COVID-19 then I want to ask the question where was Todd White during COVID-19 where was his followers where were people that follow in his orbit that teach in his orbit where were they during COVID-19 as you know uh, over a million people died of COVID. where, where Did they not go to the hospital? Do they not care that since they supposedly can heal people? Wh- where are they in the, in the hospital? And, and why are they not walking the halls? And, and why why even would, would they if they have that gift, then they don't need to wear a mask because guess what? Uh, they they would be they'd be healed right away. They just pray for themselves and they'd be healed because they had the gift of healing. And healing in the New Testament is always instantaneous Uh, Jesus told somebody to go from a great distance, right? Go and tell them that that that, that person is healed immediately be healed, not over time, over a length of time or whatever, be, be healed. (laughs) We're talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He told Lazarus, right? To come out of the tomb. And what did Lazarus do? He came out of the tomb. I mean, how much more can can Todd White do that? The answer is no. He does not have the authority of Jesus as fully God and fully man. So we just need to say that Todd's miracles, his doctrine, it comes from one place. Revelation 9 tells us it comes from the pit of hell. And that's where false teaching and false teachers emanate from. They emanate from the pit of hell. This is why Todd White is a false teacher. His his miracles are not from God. His teaching is not grounded in the Bible. And so both his miracles and his teaching uh, testify against him. I, I want to say one last thing about this. Because, Todd, if you're watching this, you might think this is a personal attack. Or one of his followers, they might think this is a personal attack. And he, he likes to respond to things. So, Todd, I, I want you to respond to this. I want you to go and I want you to read the New Testament. Read the Gospels. Okay? I want you to read the Gospels, and I want you to tell me in response to this, or any one of your followers, tell me what the miracles are for in the New Testament. And I, and I, want, it, I want chapter and verse, chapter and verse, explained in context, not pulled out of context, what are they? And, and notice then, Todd, how many times, every single time somebody is healed, it's not over a length of time, it's immediate, it's instantaneous. And and what does the miracle do? Does it point to the person doing the miracle, or does it point away from them? It points, uh, the answer is, the miracle points, well, in Jesus' case, it points to himself. It doesn't point to yourself. It doesn't point to any man. It points to Christ. And that is why, Todd, your miracles are not from God, and your doctrine is not from God. It's from Satan, and Satan is the father of lies. So if you're listening, you're impacted or watching this, you're impacted by Todd's White. I want to say come out from Todd White. Come out from those in his circle. Come out from those who are following his teaching, his doctrine, his miracles. Do not be deceived. Don't be deceived. His doctrine is not biblical. He doesn't believe the right things about the Bible. He doesn't believe the right things about sin. He doesn't believe the right things about the personal work of Christ. He doesn't believe the right things about the deity of Christ and and all that Christ did. Todd is not a sound teacher. He might be an eloquent man. He might be a charismatic man. Great. Good for him. But, Todd, you need to sit down and you need to learn what the Bible says. You might be learning those things for the first time. I'm sympathetic to that. But then sit down and learn. Grow. Mature. Repent. Stop being prideful and stop being arrogant. Stop being what the proverb says, a fool. That's what, the, that's what the Bible says, a fool. Uh, the fool says that—that that is what, what is right in their own eyes and does what is right according to their own way. Uh, that's not what the Bible tells us. There, there's a way that seems right to man, right? That way is assigned by God. The Psalms talk over and over about this. About the person who trusts in the Lord is the one who walks in the way of God. They walk in the path of God, and the path of God leads to Christ. All the promises of God find their fulfillment and completion in Christ.
2: We're very well put.
1: Guys, I know that this, um, I know this episode, for those of you that listen to this, are, you're probably shocked and alarmed. We need to be praying for Todd. We need to, we need to have hearts That that we when when we talk about false teachers, we should not be congratulatory and patting ourselves on the back as if we somehow won a victory because somebody did an episode on Todd White or any number of people. We don't pat ourselves on the back. We, We should weep. We should intercede. This is the other aspect of loving the truth. That loving the truth means that we pray for Todd. We pray for those who are impacted by them and we call them to repent. And then when they do, we, we embrace them. We, we teach them the truth. We walk alongside of them. We, we help them. Um, so, you know, I could say I could go on and on about that, mm-hmm. but just as no, we were... it's,
2: uh, people prayed for me when I was a false teacher and I thank them all so much. And when I first was saved, it was so confusing because I had been living in the false gospel. And to come into the true gospel, I need a discipleship still do everyone does. Mm-hmm. So you're very compassionate to say that. And I, I pray that Todd White will watch American gospel because he was given a copy of that. And it's a great documentary that has helped so many people to come out of deception. So this has been really edifying. And um, I I really appreciate your passion for God's word for biblical truth, brother.
1: Thank you, sister. I so appreciate you and your prayers and your encouragement. Just as we wrap up again, I just want to say if, if you're in a local church and I pray that it's a Christ-centered and biblically uh, informed and biblically teaching and biblically practicing church and you run across somebody on the internet or you run across somebody at the shopping mall or whatever and they're in a the Todd White, well, I pray that you'll find this useful and that you'll use this, this, this teaching this this episode to be equipped uh, we jude 3 tells us that we're to to contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints uh i mentioned second timothy 2 uh, 24 it's correcting our opponents with gentleness but that's not the only place first peter three fifteen tells us that that we're to give an answer for the reason for the hope that we have but to do it with gentleness and respect those again in both those passages that are that are dealing with these kind of issues about how we're to engage the fruit of the spirit that is our character being shaped by christ is mentioned in our engagement in our service so that is really important um we're not out to win we're not out to win an argument um and if you're out to win an argument you've missed the point that these people are entrapped this is this is a matter of Loving God and loving people and obeying the Lord Jesus. So, this is why we're doing these episodes to help you to go out and to do this, to correct opponents out of love for God and love for people entrapped in there.